One of the most important agendas of the deep state during all this unrest, last week we talked about the pressure from above and pressure from below, is the effort to smash our local law enforcement and nationalize and even globalize our police. Stay tuned. So the deep state has this crazy plan and it involves turning our police into national cops or federal cops and even global cops. And I know that sounds crazy, so I'm gonna prove it to you here. And uh, they've been saying this for a long time. They kind of toned down the rhetoric a little bit during the Trump administration, but uh, during the Obama administration, they all came out of the closet and told us what the agenda was. And so right now we're seeing this agenda come to the fore, right? The deep state is doing everything possible to discredit our local police uh, with both liberals and conservatives. and. Um, you know, with liberals, the agenda is obvious, right? They're telling them that our police are these racist goons, yahoos, who are just running around randomly shooting innocent black people uh, or, you know, just innocent people in general. And of course, that's ludicrous. Uh, if you look at the studies, um, you know, the, the data is very clear. Last year in 2019, police shot a total of nine unarmed black men and 19 unarmed white people. And, you know, that's nine black people and, and 19 non-black people, too many. Uh, and in fact, even breaking it down by race uh, is a little strange, but that is not an epidemic, right? That is not some kind of out of control, uh, crisis that we need the federal government and the UN to jump in. So they're also trying to paint them as racist, right? They've created this false narrative where they want us to think that, uh, you know, black people are just dying every day at the hands of crazy police. Well, uh, Heather McDonald with the Manhattan Institute uh, published some of the data in the Wall Street Journal just recently, and it completely discredits that narrative. Uh, for example, did you know, according to her article, that uh, a police officer is 18 times more likely to be killed by a black man than an unarmed black man is to be killed by the cops? Uh, you probably didn't know that because the fake media won't tell you. Um, also, there was a 2014 study you know, this idea that the police are just out there randomly shooting black people and all that, it's, a, it's absolutely untrue. So this study was published in uh, the Journal of Experimental Criminology. And what they found was that police were actually significantly less likely to shoot a black suspect than they were to shoot a white suspect. Uh, and according to the CDC, about twice as many whites are killed by police each year. Um, and that's based on CDC data. And you'll say, well, yeah, but black people only represent 13% of the population. That's true. But if you break down the crime data as the Wall Street Journal and others have, uh, more than 50% of all the homicides in the United States are being perpetrated by black men, typically against other black men. Um, so naturally, they have more encounters with the police, 60% of the robberies and stuff. Uh, so naturally, they have more encounters with the police. And so then there's more opportunities for tragedy to occur. But the police are not racist yahoos out there murdering innocent black people. And if there is a problem with your local police department, that's a problem that you should remedy in your local department. But it's certainly not a national crisis. Now, when it comes to the conservatives, they know that conservatives aren't dumb enough to believe that their police are all racist yahoos murdering innocent people. And so they have a different strategy, right? And, and what we we've seen during this rioting and during this violence is crystal clear uh, that it's part of this deep state agenda. So notice it's all, all the violence and unrest is really concentrated in Democrat controlled cities and in Democrat controlled states. Wonder why? It's because they're handcuffing the police. They're saying, oh, you know, be very gentle with these guys that are, are, are shooting at you and uh, burning down stores and looting Target and, and burning, throwing bricks through windows. You don't want to hurt them. You want to be very nice to them. So what are they telling conservatives? Oh, my goodness, you conservatives, you guys should all be terrified. Uh, your poor local police department is not capable of protecting you from all these violent looters and rioters. And uh, you better be very fearful. Uh, maybe we need the, uh, the military to come in and do it for you. Why? Because our local police are being handcuffed 
and the riots are being orchestrated. So they're telling the liberals, your police are racist yahoos, we should abolish them. They're telling the conservatives, your police are useless, they can't protect you. Uh, you know, they, they can't even stop the, the rioters and looters from burning down your houses and your buildings. Again, notice it's all in Democrat-controlled cities, and that's because the police are being handicapped there. Uh, and so why is this important? Why is this agenda so important to the deep state? Why do they want to discredit our local police and our local sheriff's departments uh, in the minds of conservatives and liberals alike? Uh, the answer is very simple. Uh, and we've interviewed uh, Sheriff Richard Mack on this. You can go watch uh, the interview we did at the New American. Sheriff Richard Mack is the head of the uh, Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, a phenomenal group. Uh, if your sheriff is not yet involved, you should reach out to him or her and uh, ask them to connect with Sheriff Mack. He's amazing. The deep state understands that you cannot impose a totalitarian police state on any country if you don't have a totalitarian national police department, right? Uh, if, if, say hypothetically, you know, Obama was blabbering about gun control a lot when he was president. Suppose Obama had said, hey, I, I need all the police to go out and disarm Americans. Um, you know, that might have worked in New York and Los Angeles, but in the rest of the country, our sheriffs and our police chiefs would have said, wait a minute, you want me to go and disarm my neighbors and my family and my friends? You want me to strip them of their fundamental God-given rights? Forget about it, right? That's totally crazy. In fact, if you come into our county to try to do something so stupid, you're all going to end up in county jail, right? And you'll be prosecuted. Uh, so they know that if they want to impose tyranny on the American people, they're going to have to nationalize our police forces, right? Right now, our police are controlled by our local government. Our sheriffs are elected directly by the people of our counties. And they're our friends, right? They're, they're part of our local community. We get along well with them. They, they're policing their own communities. They're, the officers are policing their own communities. They're not about to go and start brutalizing or imposing tyranny uh, on their own people. And so they must get away with this. And if you look back through history in the last hundred years, uh, I mean, it, it's so obvious, right? Every single totalitarian government of the last hundred years has implemented its totalitarianism through a national police force. Uh, think about the national socialists in Germany, right? The Nazis. What did they have? The SS. What did the Soviet communists have in the Soviet Union? Well, they had first the NKVD, and then it became the KGB. Uh, what did the East German police state have? The communist dictatorship there. They had the Stasi, right? All totalitarian governments of the 20th, the Chinese have the national police, right? Uh, all these totalitarian mass murdering governments all have one thing in common, and that is a national terror machine to terrorize their people. In America, we don't have that, right? Uh, to the extent that we have any federal law enforcement, they, you know, they're, they're, they monitor a few very, very, a very narrow spectrum of crimes, right? Almost all policing in the United States is done at the state and local level. Uh, murder is a state crime. It, it, uh, it's not a federal issue, right? Uh, robbery, uh, rape. These are all state and local issues. And so our police respond to their local communities. Our sheriffs respond to the people of their county, not to Washington, D.C., and certainly not to the U.N. But they're trying to change that now. So um, the U.N. has been very, very supportive of this, and Obama has too. So I'm just going to go through some of the developments that we've reported on in the New American Magazine so you can get a sense of how extreme this agenda is and how out in the open it has become. So in 2016, right after 12 of our heroic police officers were, were shot in Dallas by a, a you know black power activist, racist, whatever, uh, the U.N. chair of the U.N. Working Group of Experts on People of African Descent, 
Fun fact, he wasn't actually of African descent, right? His name is Richard Sunga, and he's a Filipino. Uh, Why they would put a non-African in charge of the working group of experts on peoples of African descent is beyond me. I don't know. Maybe the the UN is racist, could it be? I don't know. Um, Interestingly, the country that Mr. Sunga comes from, the Philippines, is one of the most racist countries in the world. But leaving all that aside, uh, he put out this statement that uh, American law enforcement is plagued by, quote, a high level of structural and institutional racism. Uh, he said that uh, this was after the deaths of uh, a couple of uh, black men. So the perpetrators need to be punished. I guess he didn't realize they were already being prosecuted. And in America, we have these things like due process protections and the presumption of innocence and a trial by jury before you're declared uh, guilty and punished. Right. Uh, so I, I, maybe they don't have that in the Philippines or whatever uh, countries the U.N. represents. But in America, we have those protections and those benefit everybody, including people uh, targeted by the police. Right. So uh, the U.N. didn't say whether the officers deserved a fair investigation or a trial or any of that before the punishing. They just said we need to have punishment. Uh, then uh, this Sunga guy said the working group of experts on people of African descent is outraged and strongly condemns the new police killings of two African-American men. Uh, he also had previously demanded reparations for black people. He said we got to get rid of uh, voter ID in America and all the rest of it. And, you know, it's funny that uh, they, they talk about the U.N. as if the U.N. were the defender of, uh, you know, uh, uh, suppressed and, and uh Uh, oppressed people groups. Uh, Plenty of the UN's member states are responsible for genocide, for massacring millions, right? Robert Mugabe, they loved the guy so much, they made him a goodwill ambassador to the World Health Organization. He tried to commit genocide against the Nedebele people in Matabeleland. He literally tried to exterminate an entire ethnic group of Africans. And here is the UN lecturing America about uh, how we need to nationalize our police force because, uh, you know, a, a black man was killed. If that doesn't make you want to barf, I'm afraid you haven't been paying attention. And of course, they always forget the fact that America is literally founded on the principle that God created all men equally, right? It doesn't say all men of certain color, skin tone, nothing. America is founded on the self-evident truth, as our founders said in the Declaration of Independence, that all men are created equal. How many other countries in the world are founded on that principle? Not many. Uh, and in fact, when the American uh, Republic was founded, none were. So uh, anyways, the UN hosted uh, a global, several global summits aimed at discrediting local law enforcement in the United States. Uh, in uh, November of 2015, they had a special event co-sponsored by Black Lives Matter, the group uh, founded by uh, this uh, whack job, uh, Alicia Garza, who said one of the reasons she was founding it was to honor Asata Shakur, the cop killing communist revolutionary, uh, literally got sentenced to prison, convicted of murdering a New Jersey state trooper, uh, um, uh, Werner Fester, I think his, his name was. And uh, then uh, the Weather Underground, Obama's favorite terrorist group, broke her out and took her to Cuba. Uh, other organizations supporting the uh, the meeting were the uh, High Commissioner for Human Rights. Right, We'll talk about them, and we have talked about them quite a bit. Uh, Alicia Garza, the lady who loves Castro and loves Asata Shakur, was one of the speakers. And uh, of course, they you know they love Cuba. It's so interesting, but they never mentioned that uh, Castro and his executioner Che Guevara, who slaughtered thousands of anti-communist black people without um, any sort of trial, any anything. They just put him up against the wall and shot them. Uh, the guy was a, a flaming racist. It's funny how they can like Cuba but not America, right? Uh, then after that, the UN hosted another conference. They invited uh, Black Lives Matter extremist Tef Poe to come, and uh, he actually brags about how he got to testify against America and against American police at the UN Human Rights Council. 
Uh, then he said, we got to slap these Ferguson pigs with war crime charges and torture charges. Then he went on Twitter and said that uh, we got to get white people and that he and other young, uh, bad word removed, such as myself, are fully hell bent on inciting riots everywhere we go. Uh, another genius they invited to testify, another Black Lives Matter activist, Charles Wade. Uh, they flew him into Geneva. He got to testify at the UN Human Rights Council, which they actually had to reconstitute because Gaddafi, uh, the mass murdering African dictator, ended up in charge of it. So they had to take it apart and rebuild it. But um, this Charles Wade came, testified, and uh, he later was arrested for child trafficking and for running a prostitution ring involving children. Nice people, this UN finds, to, uh, to fly in to criticize American cops, right? You wonder what's going on. And uh, in 2016, uh, a report from the George Soros Open Society Foundations was released. It was actually hacked. And uh, they were back. And there's, there's so much gold in this thing. You should get a copy. Uh, they were actually fully supportive of the Obama administration's uh, recommendations on police. The president had put together a, a task force on 21st century policing. Uh, naturally, one of George Soros's minions. Uh, sat on the task force and, quote, according to the report, a number of grantees, that means people on George Soros's payroll, were invited to testify about this. Uh, they recommended that they use federal bribes, they call them federal grants, to trap local police into obeying the White House on everything, right? So we'll give you grants and then you become operatives of the federal government. Uh, Soros's uh, people in the report complain that, oh, the federal government only has limited authority to dictate reform at the local level. Boo-hoo. But what they said was, hey, we can trap all these local police departments by giving them federal money, and then they will become federalized police. And people were joking, hey, Obama did Common Core, right? We'll call these uh, Obama cops, right? Like Obamacare, Obama cops. Uh, the Justice Department also touted their pilot programs where they were hijacking control over uh, six big city American police departments with these consent decrees. And uh, in the Soros report, they say, quote, we are gaining a better understanding of these efforts in order to determine how best uh, U.S. programs from the Soros Foundation can use this moment to create a national movement. Right. They wanted a national movement to nationalize our police forces. They said we got to focus on police abuse. First, we're going to create some local reform, and then we're going to see if we can leverage that into a national movement. Uh, Soros listed some groups that they were supporting that were pushing this agenda. Um, they had a whole bunch of them. They said they're going to push the Justice Department to use its existing authority to place conditions on the funding it provides to local police departments. Uh, in the report... They talk about an inside strategy where Soros minions seek to, quote, better engage law enforcement and governmental leadership. Uh, we also call this lobbying or pressure from above, right? They come in from the outside. They put pressure from above to tell our police how they should operate. Then they have the outside strategy, the pressure from below, where basically the Soros report shows how they're going to shower money on these fake uh, grassroots movements to create the appearance of public support for George Soros's extremist, anti-police, anti-liberty, anti-American agenda, right? This is the deep state at work. And here's how they put it in the report. Another layer of grassroots and youth-oriented groups like Freedom Side, Ferguson Action, Black Lives Matter, and Million Hoodies Movement for Justice are also advocating for specific reforms. Uh, in a different Soros document, we found out that George Soros had invested $650,000 in, quote, technical assistance and support for the groups at the core of the burgeoning Black Lives Matter movement. So you wonder who trained these maniacs to burn down our cities, to attack our police officers, to riot in the streets. Now, you know, 
straight from the horse's mouth, right out of a George Soros Foundation report. Uh, we also know from the Washington Times, they investigated the, the mess in Ferguson. They found out that George Soros had put more than $33 million in grants into Black Lives Matter, into the other organizations that were fueling the unrest, into the fake media that was fomenting the unrest and covering the unrest, into the fake academics that were putting out studies purporting to justify the unrest. It's a giant fraud, folks. You're being deceived. Uh, then we have the UN Special Rapporteur, a guy from Kenya. Uh, he uh, he conducted a UN investigation of the United States, and uh, they said that, uh, and this is a direct quote from his president, the Civil Rights Division of the U.S. Department of Justice has provided oversight and recommendations for the improvement of police services in a number of cities with consent decrees. Um, and then uh, he continues, this is one of the most effective ways to reduce discrimination in law enforcement, and it needs to be beefed up and increased to cover as many of the 18,000 plus local law enforcement jurisdictions. So the UN comes out and says, hey, Obama, we agree. We love you. Take over all those local police departments and uh, do it quick because that way everything will be nice and happy and we'll have rainbows and unicorns floating around in all our cities. Right. Uh, then uh, one of Obama's close confidants, uh, radical race hustler Al Sharpton, the guy who owed like four million dollars in taxes at the time. Uh, he was caught on film urging his supporters to start offing the pigs, by which he means killing cops. Um, he was also supporting the same measures. So while he was uh, supporting uh, establishment efforts to encourage a race war, he said the Justice Department should, quote, take over policing in this country. Okay. This is the kind of people Obama was inviting to his White House. Then he said, but to do this, we're going to have to fight states' rights. He's right. It's unconstitutional for the federal government to take over our police. And there's a good reason our system of government was designed that way. We'll talk about it a little bit more at the end. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where to go with this, right? It's just unbelievable. So let's talk about globalizing the police for a little bit, because, um, you know, it, it's bad enough to talk about federalizing our local police and making them account. You know, you think it's hard to control your local police. Now you're mad that your local police are not responsive to the demands of your local community. Now, uh, all you got to do is vote out your city council, get yourself a new mayor and you can reform the whole police department. Can you imagine trying to ask Washington, D.C. to do something different? I mean, have you ever tried calling your congressman? <laughs> Unless you're a mega donor with millions of dollars you know, funneling into all their PACs and campaigns, they don't care what you have to say. They don't even listen, right? So uh, here's some of what the UN has been doing. So in 2014, while Ferguson was going up in flames, uh, Ban Ki-moon, the secretary general of the UN at the time, who uh, he, he was he got in the habit of calling the UN the Parliament of Humanity, right? Uh, he demanded that the uh, police officers in America start adhering to, quote, international standards is the term he used in dealing with the violent rioters and the looters. Now, that's interesting. International standards. I wonder whose international standards they're talking about. Uh, one of the members of the UN Security Council, one of the five permanent members, is communist China. And let's see, what did they do when there was riots? And, and uh, actually, what did they do when there was peaceful protests in Tiananmen Square? Oh, yeah, they ran them all over with tanks and machine gunned them and slaughtered thousands of innocent people. And so the world was watching in horror as those international standards were being broadcasted around the globe. And the head of the UN at the time was asked for comment. He said, oh, well, the UN charter prohibits interference in uh, the internal affairs of member states. And so, uh, sorry, we can't do anything or say anything. It's interesting. They don't interfere in China, but oh boy, do they have a lot to say about America, right? Meanwhile, speaking of the UN, UN troops over the last 10 years, according to the group Hear Their Cries, made up of former UN officials, including some whom I know personally, uh, they uh, did some research. They used the UN's own data. They found that about 60,000 Six zero 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 sixty thousand women and children had been raped 
by these international peace troops and UN police and peacekeepers and all the rest of it. Just in the last 10 years, okay, they were running child sex trafficking rings. They were kidnapping children and passing them around the officer corps. They were selling children into sex slavery. They never get punished. Instead, they go after the whistleblowers, people like Anders Compass, who try to put a stop to it, right? Uh, then in 2016, the UN got even bolder. They brought together the COPS Summit, the first ever Chiefs of Police Summit. And uh, we'll show you some footage of that. Quite unbelievable. Now, uh, the UN is now launching a major effort to expand and empower its control over our local police departments. Uh, they already have their own police department. It's called UN Paul, P-O-L. And uh, now they want to globalize all of our national uh, police departments. And so as part of this Chiefs of Police Summit, they brought over 100 national police chiefs to this meeting. Uh, they put out a report and they said that uh, the UN Police Division's current capacity and resourcing is insufficient. Right? They need more money and they need more cops. And it's it's not up to the task. Uh, they say that they need more money. They need more power. They need more police officers. They need more technology. They need access to intelligence. Right? They want to know all the information that the U.S. government and other governments around the world are scooping up on their people. They say we need a paradigm shift in how the U.N. polices people around the world. And this is what they're saying in the open, right? The uh, U.N. Undersecretary General for Peacekeeping at the time, a guy called Hervé Ladsus, uh, he oversees the uh, child raping peace troops, famous for raping children and slaughtering innocent people around the world. He says, we need to work with the tools of the 21st century uh, because criminals and troublemakers will not hesitate to resort to the most sophisticated means. Um, he also said, we need you, all of you. He's talking to all the national police chiefs. We need you, all of you, if we are to strengthen UN police, right? That's what they're saying in the open, folks. That is what they're saying in their own press releases. Uh, there was already about 13,000 or more uh, UN police serving in about 20 countries. Uh, they wanted to upgrade the UN's police advisor to an assistant secretary general status. Uh, they called for rolling out a strategic framework that envisions UN police serving as a, quote, substitute for local police helping to secure elections. If you trust the UN to run your elections, uh, oh man, I've got this wonderful beachfront property in Nebraska, we can talk later. Uh, they said the UN police should even work on fighting crime and violent extremism. Uh, the UN actually launched a war on ideologies, they said, uh, including anti-Muslim bigotry. So you don't like Islam? Well, the UN is going to come after you. Now, uh, Ban Ki-moon, speaking to the UN COPS Summit, uh, said, this is this important forum provides a unique opportunity to promote the links between UN policing and national police services and to learn from different policing approaches. He said UN cops would show how UN peace operations and national policing actually complement and mutually reinforce each other. Uh, another one of the big speakers at the event was the deputy in command of the UN. His name uh, John Eliasson. Uh, he is a uh, Scandinavian serving as deputy UN secretary general at the time. And he said, quote, to the uh, all the police chiefs of the world, UN cops is a tremendous opportunity. For the first time, countries which host and contribute to UN police, key partners and the UN leadership are joining forces to discuss the complementarity between national and international policing. Uh, he said these efforts are, quote, strongly linked to the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development, which we've done a whole episode on. Go watch it, go watch it if you haven't yet. Uh, he says, UN police is central to this equation, to this structure. It has become a central pillar of United Nations peace operations, as indicated in the external review of the functions, structure, and capacity of the UN police function. In striving for effective multilateralism, UN COPS is a springboard to make sure that United Nations police becomes even more fit for the purpose. UN police are our police, serving we the peoples of the UN. Again, these are all direct quotes.
from uh, Deputy Secretary General Jan Eliasson. He says, we commend your commitment to work with the UN to advance peace and security as one international community and one global neighborhood. Sorry, but my neighborhood is not part of Communist China's neighborhood. It never will be as long as I have something to say about it. Uh, then in August 2016, they went even further. Uh, a radical Kenyan lawyer, his title, his official UN title was UN Special Rapporteur on the Rights to Freedom of Peaceful Assembly and Association. Uh, he came out and openly supported Obama's plan to nationalize our police. He even offered that the UN could provide technical assistance for uh, nationalizing and creating a national police force in America. Uh, he said uh, that it was important that the uh, U.S. government uh, is, and their efforts to come into our police uh, departments be beefed up and increased. Um, unbelievable, the stuff these guys are saying, right? Uh, he said, international law means that we can't have gun rights, we can't have uh, firearms open or concealed at uh, rallies and protests. And then, of course, another big component of all this is the effort to make Interpol part of the global policing structure. Now, Interpol is kind of like the UN partner. It's like a wannabe uh, global cops. If you watch a lot of the garbage out of Hollyweird, they're already kind of making them look like a you know FBI. They're busting in and saving the day and r arresting bad guys. Uh, you know, in real life it hasn't gotten quite that ridiculous yet but that's what Hollywood, uh, Hollyweird, I call it, is grooming us for. Now, um, during the final years of the Obama administration, they really started pushing this agenda. Uh, the U.S. Justice Department said that uh, Interpol was going to lead global terror initiatives. They were going to spearhead this thing known as the Foreign Terrorist Fighter Program. Uh, that's according to the Justice Department under uh, disgraced Attorney General Eric Holder. Yeah, that's the guy who was caught sending firearms to Mexican drug cartels so he could do a false flag operation and blame Americans. We'll have to do an episode on that sometime um, and, uh, you know, unbelievable stuff they said. Uh, the, the, the Interpol should also be targeting those, quote, not charged with a particular offense, right? We don't even have to charge people with crimes anymore. Now, uh, just for some background, in 1938, Interpol actually became a wholly owned subsidiary of the National Socialist Government of Germany, the Nazi Germanies. Uh, they moved the headquarters to Berlin. Yeah, that didn't work out very well. Uh, nowadays, dictators still love to use it. In fact, they had a communist Chinese agent, actual member of the communist Chinese party, who was running it until very recently when he got arrested by his Chinese overlords for not faithfully obeying the communist party quickly enough. Uh, but Interpol has been broadly abused by dictatorships to track down their enemies. So you have uh, the Saudi regime has used Interpol to track down apostates and journalists and people who criticized uh, their religion. Um, they've done it several times. Then uh, the um, the Muslim government of uh, Myanmar, or excuse me, of Malaysia, also uh, exposed the fact that the Saudis were using Interpol to demand uh, people be arrested for criticizing uh, their dictatorship. Now. Back to the original point, right? Why is the deep state trying to create uh, national and even global cops? Why are they trying to destroy our system of local policing? Because you can't have tyranny as long as our law enforcement, our police, our members of our community, they're loyal to the U.S. Constitution, they're loyal to the people they're supposed to protect and serve. Uh, so that is why it's more important than ever, folks, that we support our local police. Keep them independent. We don't want our police answering to uh, President Trump or President Obama or President Hillary Clinton or President Joe Biden. Our local police should answer to their local communities. Our local sheriffs should answer to the voters, right? They put their hand on the Bible and they swear to uphold and defend the Constitution. We need to hold them to that. We don't want national cops. We don't want global cops. That's the agenda of the deep state. Don't let them fool you. Our cops are not racist yahoos running around killing innocent people. There's a few bad apples, but that's true in, in any group of people. It's, we live in a fallen world. Of course, the cops aren't perfect. Neither are you, okay? Uh, but our police are not systematically racist. They're not running around murdering people for no reason. That is a lie aimed at discrediting our police. And our police are not 
unable to protect us either. The idea that our police can't protect our cities from rioters and violent looters is another lie. Unshackle them. Get uh, Bill de Blasio and Governor Cuomo and the, the, the little mayor of uh, Minneapolis. Get them to unshackle the police and they will restore order right quick. If you want to loot, if you want to riot, you will go to jail. Uh, local communities, you can help out. You know, Hook up with your local sheriff. Reach out to your local police chief. Make sure you have a good relationship with them, folks. We have got to stop this deep state attack on our freedom, on our nation, on our system of local representative government. I'm Alex Newman. You're watching Behind the Deep State. Thank you so much for watching. Make sure you like, share, subscribe. Hit that little bell button if you're watching on YouTube because YouTube does everything possible to make sure you never see our stuff. Hit that little bell button up at the top so that when we put out a video, uh, it'll let you know. Share this with your friends. Share this with your sheriff. Uh, let them understand why they are being attacked like they are by the fake news, by the deep state. It's so crucial, guys. Our, liter our liberty literally depends on these things. Thank you all for watching. God bless you. And until next time, take good care.